When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As you progress through your pregnancy, you want to make sure that you are in your best and your most optimal health. But what are the practical ways that you can stay in a low-risk category? And what should your nutrition look like? What should your exercise look like? I'm Andrea Meyer, a licensed midwife, certified professional midwife, and today we're learning all about how to keep your pregnancy low-risk. This is Preggy Pals. Um, is that a plus sign? Pink or blue? Hospital or home birth? What type of food should I be eating? I think I just peed myself. I'm pregnant and I have to exercise? What pregnancy glow? Wait, was that a contraction? (laughs) Gotta make these pants fit! I've got cankles! What do you mean there's more than one? You've got the symptoms, and now you've got the support you need for a happy nine months. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. Welcome to Preggy Pals, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Preggy Pals is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for expecting parents or if you're looking to become pregnant. I'm your host, Annie Laird. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Preggy Pals Club. Our members get special episodes. After each new show, you get to listen to bonus content, plus special giveaways and discounts. See our website, www.preggypals.com, for more information. Another way to stay connected is by downloading our free app, which is available in the Android, iTunes, and Windows marketplaces. Samantha, our producer, is now going to give us some more information about our virtual panelist program. Thanks, Annie. So if you don't live in San Diego, but you'd like to be a panelist on our show, you can still participate through our virtual panelist program. Just like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter using hashtag PreggyPalsVP. And all new, follow us on Instagram at NewMommyMedia and search hashtag PreggyPals. We'll post questions throughout the week prior to our taping, and we'd love for you to comment so we can incorporate your thoughts into our episode. You can also submit your questions directly to our experts. Learn more about our VP program through the community section on our website, www.preggypals.com. Great. Well, let's go around the horn and uh, introduce our panelists. So, Melissa, let's start with you. Okay. I'm Melissa Lang Lytle. I'm a mom, a labor doula. I'm the vice president of San Diego Birth Network. I just had my baby, baby Milo, three months ago, so no longer a due date. I have three sons, Benjamin, five, Joseph, three and a half, and Milo, three months. Oh, I can hear him. He's so sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Annie. I'm the uh, podcast host. Uh, I'm also a government uh, contractor. I do labor doula work, uh, help out moms with breastfeeding on just whatever whenever anybody needs it get random phone calls in the evening about breastfeeding so i dig that too i'm starting uh midwifery school this fall uh no due date uh i think my husband has said uh, that he wants to be diaper free for a month which is kind of funny because he's on deployment right now and i change all the diapers so i don't know what he's talking about but i'm down with that plan so i have three girls uh and they are almost nine almost two and six months so i had a hospital birth and then a home birth transfer and then a home birth for my third so all right, I'm Samantha. I'm 22. I'm a mostly stay-at-home mom, except for my job here at Pals. I'm also a certified lactation educator. I have an 18-month-old daughter named Olivia. Uh, she was an unplanned cesarean, and I'm hoping for a VBAC next time around. Great. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 
Six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Oh, well, here on Preggy Palace, we occasionally look over news articles, and uh, this one was on moms.popsugar.com. The title of the article is Pregnancy Test Taking Goes Social with Pea Parties and More. So here's three trends to watch. So there's cycle buddies. Uh, that is, women find each other based on their cycle, and they watch each other's charts, they compare experiences, they cheer for each other to get that big fat positive. Uh, the other trend to watch is pea parties. So uh, if uh, you're taking a pregnancy test, sometimes that can be a nerve-wracking experience. It feels like you're the only person in the entire planet that is hoping to become pregnant. So to come to that stress, members of the community often test together in a pea party. So they set a test time uh, with members of similar cycles, and then they can share the results. And the third trend to watch is test tweakers. Sometimes you've heard a line is a line is a line when it comes to pregnancy tests, uh, but it can be kind of confusing sometimes. So they help each other out with, you know, if it's a real faint line, maybe give suggestions to try again with first morning urine uh, until they can call it a big fat positive. So what do you ladies in the studio, what do you think about these trends here? I don't know. I've, I've heard it be pretty popular lately. I think it's a little personal for me. That's not something I care to share with people that are complete strangers. I would prefer to keep that with close friends, family, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I definitely understand where people are coming from is wanting to be close and get support, especially for people that don't have friends and family close. Yeah. You know, I feel like there's a lot of people who here in San Diego, they don't live near family, whether right. it's through the military or they, you know, uh, had to take a job. Oh, darn in sunny San Diego, <laughs> uh, you know, but they don't have family around. And so they have to kind of create that online family for right. themselves. Yeah. So, Melissa, what do you think? I think it's a great idea. I think I like connecting with other moms that are going through the same thing. I don't know that I, I know that when my husband and I were trying to conceive, um, when my pregnancy test wouldn't come positive, I don't know that he really felt the pain that I felt. It was like, all right, let's try next month. Let's practice more kind of thing. <laughs> and I think that I felt, you know, slightly disappointed and, and really could have used um, someone to connect with who really understood how disappointing it was for yeah. me. So I could see why connecting with, with others, be it social media, since we don't have our mama tribe in the same way that we that we used to at one time, um, I could see why that would be attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Andrea, what do you think? I think it's uh, very personal, like Samantha said, but I think it's also about grief. And I think that in our world, we don't really have a lot of avenues to talk about grief or understand grief, not a lot of experience with it. We're very compartmentalized. So I think it's a really clever new way that people are finding a way to support themselves through something that's really hard. Mm -hmm. You know, missing not getting pregnant for a few months is one thing, even six months. But after it's been a couple of years, after you're doing a whole bunch of things, it's it's really hard. And all your friends, of course, are pregnant. So I think any way women can come together or families can come together and have community and support is awesome. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Today we're going to be talking about how to keep your pregnancy low risk and stay in optimal health for yourself and your baby. Joining us today in the studio is Andrea Meyer. She's a licensed midwife, a certified professional midwife, and owner of Andrea's Midwifery. Welcome to Preggy Pals, Andrea. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for inviting me. Well, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, too? I know your kids are probably going to listen to this afterwards want to hear their names. So (laughs) tell us a little bit about yourself and your practice. Yes, absolutely. I am mother of three. My oldest, Deanna, 22, already graduated and just amazing. My middle child, Isabella, ballerina, she's 12. And my youngest, a little guy, Talon, is 10. And yes, thank you for sharing because they would be absolutely upset if I didn't mention their names. Andrea, you're, that's really interesting. Your children, uh, the spacing and ages is very similar to mine where you had one where it's, that's much older than the younger two. So you relate to like the just sheer craziness of like two to get, I like, I didn't know how nuts that would be like yeah. until it, it's kind of happened that, but it's kind of nice. I do have a little bit of a little mother around. So it's really nice. It's just the driving when they all go to different schools for a while. That's a bit challenging. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, staying low risk and, and what's the advantage of staying low risk during a woman's pregnancy? Well, I guess one advantage of low risk is staying alive and having a living baby to go home with. We can't always control that. Tragedy happens, and also people get sick. But there are definitely lots of things we can do to keep ourselves away from those types of things. And when they happen, then sometimes the things we do to stay low risk can help us to stay as healthy as possible through whatever the illness or injury might be. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that um, for me in my practice, you know, I practice my, I, I solely deal with home birth. So of course, I'm looking and interviewing and really confirming that from my perspective as a midwife, that women are low risk before they go to deliver. Because if they weren't low risk, then I would want to be somewhere with them where they were having the opportunity to have other care Mm -hmm. that we can't give at home. That's an interesting perspective. I never really thought of that before of like, because the client thinks, the mother thinks that she's interviewing you, but it really is a two-way street. So, Oh, absolutely a Mm -hmm. two-way street. Absolutely. And also... Is the client, is the mother interested in participating in a lifestyle that helps to keep them low risk? Mm -hmm. It's a partnership for my type of work and practice. You can't just come in and have me tell you what to do. I'm going to give you lots of ideas and avenues and information, education, tell you what different people do, what the obstetricians and perinatologists do. And then you and your partner, or or really the mom is the bottom line, has to decide what works for her. Mm -hmm. Well, let's start off... uh, talking, you know, high risk versus low risk, you know, obviously, uh, and I need to feel the need to put out this here, anything in Preggy Pals here uh, is not a substitute. You need to still go to your doctor or your midwife or whoever your care practitioner is. So please, you know, this is this is just a discussion with moms here. But um, let's talk about about blood pressure a little bit. So is that expected that um, a normal baseline of what a mom what her normal is Mm -hmm. that it's going to rise through pregnancy or not necessarily? No, I don't expect blood pressure necessarily to rise. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can also see normal where it gets a little lower or a little higher. Okay. But definitely, I don't expect it to rise. Mm Mm-hmm. I expect your blood volume to increase. I expect you to get anemic and then to work on that and bring that back up. Mm -hmm. Um, I expect all sorts of complaints and problems. But (laughs) blood pressure is such a quiet thing. It's really important to get your blood pressure checked regularly. Mm -hmm. And even in my practice, I try to encourage or offer for the partner to have their blood pressure checked. You know, sometimes postpartum, because we all think about the mom all the time. But that first time mom has a baby, and now he's a first time dad, and maybe he hasn't thought about how valuable his health is to the whole picture. Mm -hmm. So a quick blood pressure for dad and know that they're important in participating 
to the family as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, there are certain diseases where blood pressure becomes a real issue, where we're watching that to track the disease. Mm-hmm. So what would be a disease that would that a higher blood pressure would indicate? Uh, PIH, which is pregnancy-induced hypertension, mm-hmm. meaning that for some reason the pregnancy has actually caused it to increase. They didn't have it before the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Also things, uh, preeclampsia, HELP syndrome, those are metabolic diseases. Very, very dangerous to the mom. Mm-hmm. And, and high blood pressure can be a symptom of it, although not necessarily. Oh, okay. All right. Is there such a thing as having too low of a blood pressure? I know in my family, the women, like, having, like, 100 over 60 is, like, very normal for us. So, but I, we do kind of feel faint sometimes, so. I think that sounds normal. I see a lot of women with their um, their bottom number in the 50s. and. Mm-hmm. It's not a risk in the same way high blood pressure is, but it is a risk in like what you said. So it's much easier if you get low blood sugar or stand up too quickly or are anemic to feel dizzy or uncomfortable, to want to throw up or to pass out. And that's not really helpful in the middle of labor or pregnancy. No. (laughs) My understanding is if you pass out in public and they call the ambulance, then they take your driver's license away. So well, we definitely like you to be sure that you move slowly if you're like, th- that you eat regularly, that you get your iron up, all of that. Mm-hmm. But in general, low blood pressure is pretty good for you. Yeah. Well, let's talk about weight gain a little bit. And, you know, no one here in the studio, Melissa, you don't have to say how much, you know, you gained or, you know, I don't, I even- don't mind sharing. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. I think it's taboo and it's kind of silly, but I don't mind sharing at all. Yeah. I, you know, I, with, with weight gain, I, I don't know. It's funny because I, I say one thing and then I almost kind of feel another. And I don't know if it's an American woman thing or like there was a certain point in my third pregnancy. I just broke down with my midwife and I, I was like, I don't want to I don't want to get weight anymore. I don't I don't want to even see the number. And so at that point, we just kind of made a deal. And she said, well, you stop eating ice cream and, you know, or at least with the frequency that you've been eating and then you won't have to go on the scale anymore. And so we kind of made a deal like that. But you know, yeah, I know that that's a source of a lot of stress, I think, for a lot of women. Uh, is, what's the number on the scale? So I think there's a difference. I'm sure Andrea could speak to it more because by no means um, am I anywhere near speaking of it. But I think there's probably an issue of where it could be a danger. And then there's an issue of how much how much am I going to lose after the baby as well as what is what is my ideal um, where I'm feeling really good and I'm going to push this baby out feeling like I feel strong and healthy and centered. Mm-hmm. So um, I think when I think about eating things that aren't whole foods or unhealthy, that's probably speaking a lot of where my mind's at also. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know, just working with the midwife, we would probably be talking about the whole picture if there was some huge increase in, in weight for some reason. Yeah. But it really wasn't an issue in all my pregnancies. I mean, it was always... <laughs> after like <laughs> slowing down how can how soon can I can I work out or when when is a good healthy time for my body to start moving again oh that sounds so familiar to like my first uh, baby when I had her the, the first question I think what my OB was used to hearing was when can I start having sex <laughs> and that was like the least thing on my mind it was when can I start running again which was probably not a very healthy thing and it wasn't a healthy mindset because it was like I need to get back down to and some of it was um that I was active duty military at the time. So it was a lot of pressure to get back into the uniforms again and get that size number. You know, I, think, I, swear. I think a lot of women want to lose weight so they can feel good about getting back to sex. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. I mean, we're so in our heads. If, mm-hmm. if we don't think we look okay yeah. to our partners, then we certainly don't want them to see us or touch us. So. Mm-hmm. That's one thing to have a baby in that belly. And it's another thing for it to be just 
as big Soft or look like you're in first trimester with no baby. Jelly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you pregnant? No. <laughs> Here's my month-old baby. <sighs> you know, like in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember when I was gained enough weight that I could fit in my husband's pants. That was just shocking to me. That was just crazy. But in the midwifery practice, really, I think that we have kind of a moderate look at it. I, th- I, I was taught and I believe that 40 pounds is average. That's what I see as average. Of course, my clientele is uh, really wonderful because they want to eat well and they have a reason to and a Exactly, Andrea. That's so, not like you're not getting the clients that are no. like, well, you know, I gained 40 pounds, but I ate a cheeseburger and uh, a super double golf, you know, so. Three times a day. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> And not most, saying that a cheeseburger is bad occasionally. It's, no, you know, actually, it can yeah. be really helpful. Mm-hmm. But sometimes in our country, people don't have enough money, and all they can afford is a cheeseburger three times a day, as strange as that sounds. But it, it, there's always a range. So I tell people 20 to 60 pounds is kind of that average range, a pound a week. But nobody gains it a pound a week. You gain 20 pounds all at once, or you lose 20 pounds all at once, or you gain it all at the end, and then you're panicking that you're really gaining too much weight. I think that... It, really looking at what's happening through the pregnancy and talking to your practitioner is the best way to handle that. Don't just look at what's happening in Hollywood. Don't just look about what's happening to your girlfriend or what your mom did. Really, like you said, Melissa, how do you feel? Do you feel resourced physically? Well, and talking to the right people, too. You know, uh, Catherine was on, uh, she's had her baby now. Um, but anyway, she was on the show a couple of weeks ago. I was talking to her at acupuncture this past week, and, and she was saying that she was about, oh, 20 weeks pregnant or something along those lines, and someone asked her how much weight she'd gained, like it was any of their business. Uh, but she answered, and she said, oh, I've gained 20 pounds. And they said, well, you got to stop right there. Don't gain any more. And she's like, oh, I'll just get right on that. You know, like, like, like you know, my, my baby's only a pound right now, but I'll just, I'll just stop gaining weight and then I'll solve everything. Cause, you know, so. Well, and I think that's interesting too. Um, with my first son, I was really excited. I'm finally pregnant. I get to eat and I kind of, I wasn't as conscious about uh, what I ate. Um, I didn't, I didn't go super crazy, but I, I think there were many times I was being irresponsible. The interesting thing for me is when I, um, when I started, when, when I was became pregnant with my second son, I was way more conscious. I thought about walking every day. I thought about eating more whole foods. And my whole goal was having a better birth, not necessarily worrying about weight gain. The irony is I gained the same amount of weight. Now, my recovery time and my birth was night and day. Mm-hmm. However, I remember being really upset about that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was going to be some, you know, miraculous. I was going to stay just fabulously fit. But it was the same exact weight gain. Yeah. But I felt a heck of a lot better yeah. the second time around. Yeah. I don't think I have any evidence on this, but midwives always say women are built to gain the weight they're built to gain. Mm-hmm. that you gain weight or you don't gain weight. There's so many different body types, and what you do is what you do. And you can't know until your first pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And your weight gain, unless you're diabetic, is not related to the baby's weight gain. It does not mean the baby will be big or small. That's completely different because the baby has completely different genetics than the mom and is isolated in the womb. So I'm so glad you said that because I think there is a fear sometimes of uh, of a lot of fear mongering of, oh, don't gain too much weight because then you're going to have a 14 pound, what was that? I was told that by, I was told that by an OB. Um, That, that person quickly became not my OB. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that, 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 that is uh, perhaps a myth. 
I don't know, but it was like, you better slow down or your baby's going to be too big to push out. Well, the myth, I imagine, comes from the time before we could understand gestational diabetes. So then what you ate could affect the weight of your baby. Mm -hmm. But now we know that through lab work that we can find out what mom's blood sugar is and keep it more stable and regulated through changing her nutrition and what she eats and Mm -hmm. her exercise. So we don't have the myth anymore. We can let go of that. What you eat is going to affect your baby's weight. Right. Well, when we come back, we're going to be discussing a little bit more about diet and also exercise. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back. Today we're discussing how to keep your pregnancy low risk. Andrea Meyer is our expert. So let's talk a little bit more about diet. Um, you know, and I think that's interesting of the whole, uh, you know, diabetes connection and all that and, and what you eat and how much you gain and, you know, how to stay just as healthy as you can be, you know, getting to the point where you're ready to give birth and you're vibrantly healthy and, and you're ready to push out that baby, you know, and, and, uh, you know, be do that in, in a healthy way. I mean, it's a, a normal, natural process, you would think, you know, this is just just going to happen. But I remember when uh, I had my first baby and um, she was 10 pounds, four ounces. And my mother was like, oh, well, they must have missed something with the gestational diabetes test. I'm like, no, no, I was actually not diabetic. And, you know, I, I look back at pictures of myself now, um, you know, and occasionally I, I didn't keep ice cream in the house because I knew I had no self-control with it. Um, and I knew that wasn't a good thing to to have on a, you know, constant basis. But occasionally we'd go out and, and have some. But I was like, no, I, I'm pretty sure that I I ate really healthy for my baby. And, and I was, I, I look at back at the pictures and I look health, I look really healthy. But it was just, just how big that baby was going to be. So so I want to say that, that eating the ice cream, unless you're diabetic, isn't going to add weight to the baby. It's only going to add weight to you. Mm-hmm. So just to keep that in mind, I mean, I I think people should eat healthy um, all the time. You know, we should eat healthy after pregnancies so we can be good role models for our kids and everything. Mm -hmm. But that's going to be dependent on your lifestyle, where you live, the money you have, what your choices are, how you were raised, what your body's craving. There's going to be so many ways to make choices on that. I agree. And I also think now that I've had three, um, it was really interesting that my midwife and I looked at my patterns, and my patterns were similar with my weight gain and my baby size. And I, I couldn't get over that because I was fascinated with, you know, that whole thing. Oh, wow, I, I've gained, I gained like, you know, four pounds this week. And, and then it would jump where I wouldn't, I would ac- I actually lost. So it is interesting when you have a couple babies that you can actually look if there's a pattern mm-hmm. with you in your pregnancy as well, yeah. you know? So I wanted to say that I've noticed that women who come in who maybe aren't comfortable with their weight, they could be, I mean, we all think, of course, that it might be someone who feels that they're overweight, and maybe they are overweight by the charts. But also, we, I see a lot of women who have weight problems the other way, and they have histories of anorexia and bulimia and that type of thing. It's amazing how motivating a pregnancy be, can be to start to change 
a lifestyle in terms of food we eat and exercise we have. And it's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I think that's why we're hearing in the country right now all this only gain 20 pounds. Because overall in our country right now, we have so much that we have a tendency to weigh more than we need to weigh. Mm-hmm. And I think we're very worried about what we weigh. So conversely then, we all want the answer. And the answer is don't gain more than 20 pounds. But then when we go in to see our doctor, we go in to see our midwife, we talk to our friends, we listen to preggy pals, we realize that we need to say, where am I at? Mm -hmm. Do I need to eat more to be healthy? I want a healthy baby. And I think that's the whole goal of pregnancy, of being low risk in pregnancy, is to have a healthy baby in a low risk postpartum. Well, let's talk about, I mean, exercise. I think some moms, you know, they are some women, they, they get pregnant and they're not used to a normal exercise routine. I think maybe their connotation of exercise is that gym class in high school and I hated it. And now people are talking about exercise. And I mean, or those crazy people who run marathons and go to the gym every day and they look so trim and or healthy. it's related to that weight or that weight gain. Absolutely. Like that's, that's what it's tied to as opposed to thinking about you and your baby, how you're feeling relating to birth, how's your mindset, you know, it's mm-hmm. we're not tying it to that more Eastern way of looking at exercise and movement. I feel like, unfortunately, there's a knee jerk feeling that when you're talking about exercise and pregnancy, it, it's connected to weight. Mm-hmm. So movement's important. Uh, how often would you say? Well, every day. Yeah. Every day. I think something that um, people in other countries have over us is this concept of walking walking, walking. It's so hard here to walk to the store or walk to work or mm-hmm. walk to the park. We're, it's amazing how few sidewalks there are in San Diego. I mean, what a beautiful area. And there's so few bike lanes and sidewalks. So um, yeah, you pretty much got to get on a highway to get anywhere you yeah, want to go. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Or get in your car or something. And, mm-hmm. But I do, I do tell people two miles a day. I just think that's a minimum, two miles a day. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't take more than half an hour just around your neighborhood. That's the most important thing you can do. If you did that every day, two miles a day, what a difference it would be. Mm-hmm. In your pregnancy, your whole life, everything. Yeah. And like you were saying, you know, it's not just pregnant. It's it's a great thing to do even before you try and get pregnant. So you have a healthy body and have your body in, in, a, area, in, a, in a place where it's, you know, you, you have a pregnancy that's healthy from the very beginning. You have a healthy body in the very beginning through the pregnancy, through the birth, and then even postpartum. I mean, not, not immediately postpartum. So, you know, right, like right, no. one hour and telling your midwife, oh, I'm going to get up and go on my two miles now. No, no. no. <laughs> I don't like my moms to go for their walks till they're a good two weeks or so. Mm-hmm. But you, you bring up a good point. I mean, not only in pregnancy, but before they get pregnant. And, you know, maybe women who are looking to get pregnant might listen to the show, get ready. Some of these things are great to do before you even get pregnant and kind of in the habit or get your family set up this way, get your partner walking with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a wonderful book. Um, called The Listening Walk for kids. And this little kid goes out for a walk with their dad and their dog, and they don't talk the whole walk. But when they get home, they share with each other what they heard. I just love that. I just... I made a point to um, drop my iPod, which was really hard for me because I was a marathon runner. And, um, you know, putting in like 8 miles, 10 miles, 12 miles, you know, I needed something more than just hearing the pitter-patter of my feet. So I got in the habit of using like my iPod or um, my phone. And I like, I think around the time I was trying to get pregnant with my second son, my husband said, why don't you just drop that whole music thing and just go out and be with yourself and be with your body and, and listen to nature. What He's a really guy. Into nature. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. And you, you know, know, I, it, you. <laughs> it really worked. And I found that it worked in both my last two pregnancies, too. I connected with baby. Were you running? Or were you walking at that I, point? I was I was walking. Okay. Because, you know, my midwife gave me the thumbs up that I could run, but I was like, no, I don't <laughs> want to. But just walking, um, I, I, I kind of connected with nature, but mostly connected with my baby. Mm-hmm. I could feel the weight of him. I could feel how my body was changing, where I was softer, where I felt I felt fuller, and I kind of liked that. And it was just my just my baby and me time, especially if you have other kids or have other things in your busy life going on. It was just that two mile. No, I didn't do it a day, but you know, I I did get out and walk quite a bit with my last two pregnancies, and that was really special. Yeah. I really liked it. Well, I think something that's neglected. Uh, a lot during pregnancy. I think pregnancy is thought of as very clinical in the United States. But something that I think, uh, you know, could contribute to a low risk pregnancy is just that whole emotional side that this just spirituality and stress control, uh, you know, movement, obviously can play a major part in that. But uh, meditation, uh, or just quiet time, just just stop the busyness, stop the noise, turn your head off. Mm hmm. Yeah. Which really is really like, hard when you have a toddler. But, uh, absolutely. <laughs> I really liked yoga, too. And I have to stress that I'm not a yoga person. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a runner, and I like to run. And I thought, so yoga- Isn't your best friend a yogi? <laughs> 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 yeah, she's, she's pretty awesome. Well, she begged me to come to class. But here's the thing. I, I, I think yoga, even if you don't do yoga, I, I can't stress it enough in pregnancy. There's poses that you do that feel like contractions in terms of what it means to hold something um listen to your body and really open and i i can't i I really enjoyed yoga and i only you know probably did maybe six or seven classes in my last pregnancy but i did it more in my second and that was a fabulous uh get ready for labor for me really brought your awareness to your body in a different way than than absolutely absolutely i want to talk about what you're saying about walking also not only is walking great because we think about it as maybe exercise to lose weight or maintain our weight, but in pregnancy specifically, walking does some more things that are really important to keep you and your pregnancy low risk for birth. And that is that it rocks your hips and it rocks the baby. And as it does that, it settles, balances, and opens the pelvis and it jiggles the baby whose head is super heavy. Everybody knows you can't hold, a baby can't hold its head up when it's born. So it just jiggles it with gravity all the way down to the bottom so that you have a head down baby not a breech baby not a transverse baby mm-hmm. so it, it it doesn't just keep mom low risk with her weight has a great position vitamins. great position for the baby it's absolutely invaluable mm-hmm. well thanks andrea for joining us today for more information about andrea and her midwifery practice as well as information about any of our panelists visit the episode page on our website this conversation continues for members of our Preggy Pals Club. After the show, Andrea is going to be discussing with us what categorizes a pregnant woman as low-risk enough to give birth at home or another type of alternative birthing location. To join our club, visit our website, www.preggypals.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So we have a question for one of our experts. Jean in Sherman Oaks, California writes, 
I want to have a water birth for my next son, but my Aunt Franny says that the baby will drown if I do that. I'm concerned that when my baby's born, they will take a breath underwater. Is that a valid risk of water birth, or am I worrying over nothing? Hi, this is Susan Melnico. I'm a certified nurse midwife, and I've been practicing for about 32 years. I wanted to answer your question regarding water birth. I personally have done about 350 to 400 water births myself, so I feel very experienced um, and qualified to answer your questions. I have not had any problems with any of the water births that I've attended, and babies do not drown, mostly because they don't make any attempt to breathe as they're emerging and being born until they come up to the air. There are um, really defined pressure changes and temperature changes that stimulate the baby's first breath. And those don't occur when a baby is coming from the womb full of water into water. So as long as the baby is submerged, it doesn't make any attempt to breathe um, as long as the entire body is underwater. Um, There was a wonderful body of knowledge just published by the American Association of Birth Centers They had a five-year study and um, followed many, at least 15,000 women. And out of that, there were close to 4,000 water births. And in the 4,000 water births from uh, centers all over the United States, they found that the APGAR scores for the newborn were actually higher for babies that were born in water. And that tells how the baby responded to the birth. And they also found that there were fewer transfers of babies requiring to have to transfer to the hospital after a water birth. The airborne babies actually had a higher transfer rate. So with the evidence that we currently have with the studies that have been done, you can really count on the fact that water birth is a very safe option as long as you are working with people who are going to assist you, who have experience in it and know how to do it appropriately. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Preggy Pals. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Parent Savers for parents with newborns, infants, and toddlers, Twin Talks for parents of multiples, and our show, The Boob Group, for moms who breastfeed their babies. This is Preggy Pals, your pregnancy, your way. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.